Welcome to GLOW, the Glorious Ladies of Engineering podcast. In the spirit of reconciliation, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in Southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Our purpose with this podcast is to inspire women and non-binary folk to pursue and continue careers in engineering by spotlighting leaders, role models, and peers, showcasing achievements, and discussing challenges at all stages of our professional lives. I'm Nicole, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta. Today's episode is the second in a series of seven episodes. As I mentioned in part one, we received a lot of positive feedback from our initial podcast guest callout, and I wanted to talk to everyone. Each episode in this series is a compilation of answers to one of seven questions. With this series, I'm hoping to inspire and also spread the word about what a career in engineering could look like. With doctors, firefighters, teachers, etc., it's much easier for young people to get an idea of what those careers look like because we see them. But how often do we get to see engineers in their natural habitat if we don't know one in real life? In part two of this series, I'm asking the women who their role models are and why they look up to them. I'll include a short summary for each woman as we go through the episode. I'm also keeping them in the same order for each episode in hopes that it'll be easier to follow. But if you forget who anyone is or you need a refresher, you can always go back to episode one. So without further ado, let's get into it. First, we have Alexis Mulligan, a fifth-year chemical engineering and biomedical engineering student at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She's also an Engineers Nova Scotia Women in Engineering at Dalhousie representative and a Dalhousie Faculty Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee student representative. Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? Yeah, so my family was always really good role models for me, but I never really had role models in engineering until I was already completing my degree. And as president of Dal Women in Engineering Society, we call Dal We. This is something we're striving to fix it's really hard for women to see themselves as engineers when they don't have anyone to look up to. Um, But I did meet some amazing women engineers at Dow. Sarah Evely was the president of Dow Lee before I came in, and she was very passionate about supporting women in STEM, and she actually inspired me to get involved. Um, She did an amazing TED Talk on women in STEM as well. And another is Sierra Sparks. She was another phenomenal woman I met at Dow. She's very involved, very passionate about increasing the number of women and underrepresented individuals in STEM. And she was recently named a Rhodes Scholar, which is pretty amazing. Um, So I don't think it's that women aren't in engineering yet. We're here. It's just about representation. And I think it's up to all of us to promote it as a career to local youth, um, just to show them, hey, we can do it. And so can you. Very cool. It sounds like you've got a really good community at Dalhousie. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We have a lot of good girls there. Next, we have Neha Ninam, an electrical engineer working with Embedded Systems in southwestern Ontario. She chose electrical engineering for the challenge and started her career in quality assurance. This offered her a different perspective on how to prevent her designs from breaking. Mr. Robertson, who she talked about in part one, was her grade 12 physics teacher who connected her with faculty at Western University. Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? Besides Mr. Robertson, it sounds I mean, like. <laughs> he was great. I, I think 
I was looking at that question, I was thinking about it, and I realized that I don't actually necessarily have, it's not totally sort of fully people, where it's sort of, you know, role model, like, so when I was a child, the idea of a role model was like, I want to copy that person, that person's great, you know what I mean? I think as I got older, that definition changed to, I want to copy the the parts of what they're doing because humans are flawed of course right and we learn mm-hmm. and, and and all this so i think having having said that um i have been blessed with some great people who have come into my life and who have had a huge impact so of course we talked about mr robertson but i in in i think it was second year my communications professor who was not in the department of engineering she actually was coming from IV, i think or something like it was not the engineering department i can't remember exactly which one it was anyway uh this was an elective this was an elective thank you yep okay yeah she she kind of changed the way that i looked at the world as well because all of a sudden i was putting into place all of this math and physics i was doing into what actually that means and how do i get that out into the real quote unquote real world if you will her her guidance was I think something that sort of made it like, I want to do that for other people too. Like that's awesome that she kind of noticed and then was like, Hey, let me take you under my wing. And like, and she's still in my life. She came to my wedding. Like she's a great person to have around. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. I think I could probably, this, this episode would probably go on for like three hours if I named like all the people, as you can tell, I'm clearly a people person, but I've, yeah, a couple of really great profs and, and funny enough, not even in engineering, it was pretty funny, but good people. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting not to generalize, but you, you meet more introverts in engineering than extroverts, I will say. And, you know, soft skills are not always valued as high as technical skills. And so I think it's really cool that you took communications as an elective because especially working in consulting, communicating our designs and our engineering theory to people who don't speak engineer is like most of our job. And, you know, I find people, I mean, myself too, sometimes really struggle with being able to communicate and get my point across effectively. So that's really interesting. The next woman may sound familiar. After we talked with Vivian Kasuth, a maintenance engineer in Lethbridge, Alberta, we were so moved by what she had to say that we featured her in a season one episode. If you want to hear everything Vivian has to say, check out episode four of season one. This part of my chat with Vivian was hard. You may want to grab a tissue before continuing. But hard as it was, it was real talk, and I imagine Vivian is not the only woman in engineering who feels this way, so I'm glad she shared her experience so openly with me. I think about this chat a lot, along with everything else that Vivian shared, and I am in awe of her grace and courage at how she has carried herself throughout her career. Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? This one is interesting. I've started off with my mom and dad are my role models. You know, especially when you think of of the BIPOC, I guess you call it a BIPOC movement. You know, my, my parents, immigrants to Canada in 1968, probably with only a few dollars in their pocket, they were all about, you know, they completely embody the attributes of hard work and and compassion. So definitely they, they are, they're my role models, but I, I hesitated putting them only because they, Funny enough, to, just with the question, they didn't, they didn't come first. What came first was really a blank. 
So, so first, you know, I, I, to have an answer, to actually put down an answer, I put my mom and dad. They were, they were important to me. And then I, you know, had to think a bit more and push it. And then, of course, I put my, my colleagues who I volunteer with and the, the CEOs and the executive directors who run the nonprofits that I volunteer for. Like, they, these people are, I would consider my, my role models, my colleagues, because they're active leaders in the community. But when I really came down to the crux of, you know, when I think of engineering and who are my role models and why I look up to them, I actually wrote down that my career path has been pretty lonely. And, and, and that's just, you know, to, to your point before that I don't have any role models. There's no one in my workplace that I, I have looked you know, up to when it comes very specifically to my career and my role and my growth as an engineer. And, and I wrote down, yeah, my, my path has been lonely. And that's why it's so, I'm really awestruck right now by this project you're doing and, and the people you're connecting with and, and saying that you hear a very similar thread between us all that, you know, that is knitting us together. Yeah, these were hard questions. I'm just gonna try and read what I, I read, I, what I wrote last night, because I can't even remember. My career path has been pretty lonely. I have worked with seven female engineers in, in 27 years. And my time with each of them lasted less than two years each. I only know one. I only know one female engineer who has made it to VP level, but she changed her focus from engineering to business after she got her MBA 20 years ago. Oh God. Yeah, I was fine when I wrote this last night. It's heartbreaking. It's totally heartbreaking. But I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. <laughs> you're, you're nowhere close to alone. Oh my God, we need our own engineering firm. <laughs> I feel like we're all in these little silos, but we're trying to like, we're playing telephone and getting all these silos together. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not alone in your, I mean, that answer was heartbreaking and I haven't heard quite that hard of an answer to hear yet, but you're not alone. Everyone's, that is the question that everyone has struggled with. And, and everyone has struggled because there aren't enough women in our, in our industries to have lots of them to look up to. And, and as we get further along in our careers, there's less and less of them because, you know, uh, like, let's say we graduate and 20% of the workforce at graduating year is female. By the time you're 20 years into your career, that, that number is down to what, like 5%, 3%, like depending on which industry you're in and what discipline, you know, it, like I said before, as much as recruitment is a battle, retention, I think is almost a more important area to focus because how do we, yeah, getting, getting women into engineering, I think isn't so far, everyone's really enjoyed their journey into engineering and, and it's, you know, they've just kind of thought, oh, I've, this sounds, this seems like fun. I'm going to give it a try. But then they get here and it's, it's hard. And they're like, I don't want to stay. Uh, so the, I think their retention is the harder part. 
Don't say you weren't warned about needing a tissue. This chat gets me every time. Next, we have Heather Elliott, an envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. She originally wanted to be an architect, but her high school drafting instructor encouraged her to pursue civil engineering. Then, in her last year of university, she took a building envelope course as an option, and she was hooked. Who are your role models, and why do you look up to them? Oh, this is a great question. Um, I'm going to say maybe this will come off as kind of the cliche answer, but I, I always think of my mom. My mom is just really important to me, and when I think of a role model from from my side, you know, that's the first person I think of. Uh, she's an interesting person in terms of her background as well. Uh, she is uh, similarly someone who, I guess, broke into a really male-dominated field at the time. She started uh, in the oil and gas industry. Her background was actually more, you know, in typing and basically being an administrator and went to SAIT for that uh, and started kind of at that role, you know, like an administration role, mm. but actually worked her way all the way up to to being landman. Um, and at the time, you know, it wasn't something that you saw a lot of women doing. So I think from that perspective, I, in a sense, never even knew there was a glass ceiling. <laughs> it just seemed natural because I'd already seen it all the way kind of through my youth. So she's definitely someone that I look up to for sure. And uh, I mean, like day to day, uh, I'm lucky. I have a lot of great mentors at my own office um, and even within my company at different offices who I really look up to in terms of kind of um, their leadership skills and kind of working towards more of a leadership role now myself um, and kind of working into their shoes as they are now working on the next level of their career, I have a good uh, idea of who I want to be, having already kind of watched them being successful in that role. It's kind of the, okay, what would they do mm -hmm. kind of scenario. So I always think I'm always very appreciative of that. Yeah, very cool. I think mentorship is so important, especially in engineering, but also something that I think we could do better at. Megan Bowen is a mechanical and environmental engineer who recently completed her master's in renewable energy and engineering management. She originally wanted to be an astronaut and thought engineering would be a great way to get there. But like so many others, her path changed along the way. Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? Uh, I have to start with my parents, <laughs> um, partly as my dad is an engineer and partly as my mom is a workhorse. She will not give up on anything and I really, really respect her for that. And then as I wanted to be an astronaut, I, I had a chance to meet Jim Lovell. He was the lead astronaut for Apollo 13 when I went to space camp. And so he became a bit of a role model as well as uh, Colonel Chris Hatfield on the Canadian side. And then as I entered engineering, my first uh, mentor, just to kind of see people who had passion once they had specialized into something and knew things like the back of their hand and were able to relate them with analogies. People, uh, underlings like myself, who had, had yet to learn anything outside of just school. Um, I really like all of those people's approach. I'm going to pause here for a second to talk about my role models. Like some of the women we've heard from, I too struggled with this answer. I don't have a ton of females in leadership in my circle to look up to. And while there are several males who have supported me and mentored me throughout my career, I understand that their career path looks a little bit different than mine. 
but I do see characteristics of everyone around me that I strive to emulate, and so I have kind of pieced together this role model, made up of a little bit of everyone. I will say, though, my parents raised me to believe that I could do anything I put my mind to, and I still believe that wholeheartedly to this day. Next, we have Hannah Kaufman, a mechanical engineer from Rochester, New York, who received her degree at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She was part of a number of groups while at Dalhousie to support women in engineering. Hannah graduated earlier this year and moved to Montreal to start her career. She wanted to be a wrestler and then a mechanic, but finally settled on engineering after realizing that problem solving is where she really thrived. Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? Honestly, when you sent me this question, I was trying to think about it and I feel bad saying it, but I've not seen much representation of who I want to be in engineering. I struggled with that throughout my university de- like degree. There are so many times where like I was just like, I'm not sure if I'm doing this, like I'm doing the right thing. I don't see myself. I like I like building stuff. I I but I don't really care about robots. I don't want to build a robot just to build a robot. I I'm not represented in engineering, right? I mean, the stereotypical engineer, I mean, the point of this podcast for the stereotypical engineer is like a guy who plays video games has no social skills, right? And I'm in a classroom and I'm surrounded by guys who have no social skills and who play video games. And I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm the first engineer in my family. Um, I'm like, I had no representation. I think it helped with co-op. And I started to kind of, through networking, have met women that I've admired, but I haven't really found anyone who represents who I want to become yet. That's really interesting. You're not the first person to say that. And well, I guess I'm hoping we can change that. Definitely. And also, I, it kind of, I find it kind of exhilarating in a way. I think it can be disheartening to certain kinds of people to not really see that representation. I think for me, it, I find it thrilling in a way because... I, because there's something in me that I just know I can. I know I can. And I've, I think that's kind of scared me when I was younger, having like this kind of just complete trust in myself. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And I know who I am and who I want to become. And it's helped me a lot. So it will make someone else's path easier in the long run. Yeah, you're a trailblazer in your own right. Yeah, exactly. And last, but certainly not least, we have Saffron Skinner-Wilson, a building envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. She's not your typical engineer. She enjoys the human part of engineering and values soft skills. She originally wanted to be an orthodontist, but decided that working in people's mouths wasn't for her. Her best friend's mom, Janet, was a biomedical engineer working on rodeo safety, and she encouraged Saffron to check out engineering. Who are your role models and why do you look up to them? I actually have a ton of role models and very few, if if really any of them, I don't think are in engineering. Again, I, I felt like this whole time that I was going through these questions, I was just deviating from what the typical mold of an engineer is. And then clearly Janet, the one who, uh, my friend's mom, who was an engineer, got me into engineering, clearly one of my role models. And I'm so grateful to her for getting me started on this path. Um, and then I have, you know, one of my, um, one of my mentors is a ex-court of Queen's Bench 
uh, judge in Alberta. And she always reminds me to present yourself in the best light and the best foot forward and to do things, um, to do your best always. And that that's going to get you far in life. I have another mentor who's an HR and leadership specialist. And she really helps me work with my interpersonal skills, both with clients and then especially actually for mentoring my team as I get more experienced and I'm working in a more senior role. I, it may sound silly, but like my husband is a role model for me because he is always doing the honorable and an ethical choice, even when it's really hard. So I look to him to remind me of that. I have this incredible Texan. She's in her 80s. She has started 30 businesses. She is a force to be reckoned with. And she's always reminding me to find win-win scenarios. And that if you look to benefit yourself and others at the same time, everything will work out for you. And I was actually noticing that, you know, of course, in addition, like my mom and grandma, both formidable women and those ones I kind of lean on in for personal life stuff more than professional. So I don't necessarily have like a role model who fits what I want to be in life, but I'm taking some really incredible aspects from really incredible women and my husband and trying to isolate those qualities to benefit them the most for my own learning. And I've just been really lucky actually to be surrounded by some incredible women because early in my career, most of my mentors and role models were male just by the fact that even they weren't engineers, they were business people and you know, chamber of commerce and some technical people, but I've been really lucky to find some incredible women that have each brought really interesting role model and development kind of roles into my life. Yeah, that, that is great. There's not a lot of women left in technical roles. I'm hoping that that changes, but you know, I think as we get, as we grow in our career more and more of our peers are leaving the profession uh, to do other to work in other sectors. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you're able to find a number of women is, is really fantastic and, and probably pretty lucky. Yeah. I've been really fortunate. And I know that's one thing that's helped me in my career. And that if I was ever going to give anyone advice, it's find people you look up to and then just ask them questions. And again, make it a win-win scenario. Always give them something back, give them your time, make sure it's really obvious to them how you are listening, how you were taking that information, how you're developing because of them, because that's really the only thing you can give back to them is I hear you and here's how I'm better because of you. Um, but if you can find mentors, like that's, that is singly the best thing you can possibly do in your life, in your career. Like just, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, that concludes the second episode of this series. I hope you enjoyed hearing all of these stories. I think this was one of the harder questions for our guests to answer. This wasn't necessarily the intention going in, and it wasn't until I started speaking with everyone and reflecting on my own answers that I realized how challenging this question can be. In an industry with an underrepresentation of women, especially in leadership, we have to get creative to find those role models. In part three of this series, we're going to hear more about the challenges these women are facing in their careers. This podcast is developed and produced by Gina Marin, Mariam Abdulrahman, Kara Slow, Caitlin Fedorkiu, and me, Nicole Imason. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Glow Podcast so more people can find us. For our socials, search at Glow Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. That's G-L-O-E. We want to hear from you. 
What do you like or dislike about our show? What would you like to see us do with this platform? Please send your feedback to glowpodcast at gmail.com. We may even do a mailbag episode in the future, so let us know if you want to remain anonymous. Episode schedules can be found on our website at glow.ca, and our music is The Justice by Mountaineer. Thanks again for joining us today, and until next time, keep nerding out.